I updated our parking for us to be haunted. <laughs> mm. I parked by the rooster. Alyssa, there's a mushroom. Oh no, I gotta get to the drive. I didn't even get that far. Hmm? I'm gonna take the skeleton. Come in, mushroom. It's like a video game. I want the the demon. Yeah. It's like a like a Japanese demon. Yeah. And what's really what's scary about the hedgehog? He was just in there. He's just a woodland creature oh. who's also traversing through the haunted I see. forest. He's all of us. <sighs> yeah. All right. Well, welcome to Bucky Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 86, Fool's Assassin, chapters 13 through 16. And I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader. I'm Eli, and I'm a rereader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. And I'm Joey, a first-time audiobook listener. Okay, first up, corrections, omissions, and announcements. To go along with our haunted parking forest, David uh, has sent us a picture of a spider, which was great for me to open and read. What? Have you been holding you out on us? I didn't see. Because yeah. Because yeah, I'm glad I didn't, that you didn't. I didn't get a spider photo. All right, I, I will send it. it to you all now. I just didn't want to save it to my phone forever. Can we, can we not? <laughs> oh my gosh. Can we not send it through the chat? Because I, I can't wait to, to see this it. spider. Is it a jumping <laughs> spider? What I'm gonna have to it's send to the chat. Season, it's spooky season. There's the most, so many spiders. What kind of spider is it? Sorry, just delete it. Can I do that? It's a spider. I don't know. It says. Um, it says the and, and helpfully uh, the title of the email is check out this spider. <laughs> he put it out there. Check out this uh, spider. Why? What is special about this? Holy spider? shit! It's amazing. Oh, that's a tarantula. Those Wicked are the spider. scariest spiders because they're Ten so big, and they jump fuzzy. David says, nope. saw this monster while hiking and listening to the latest episode. Pretty sure it's a wild tarantula. Cool. It is. David, I, I hope you gave him. the other way, not taking a picture. <laughs> Where does David live that he's seeing giant? No joke, though. Don't get too close to those, because they do jump. Ooh. But what, what if you give it a little no. kiss? You can pet it. That's unacceptable. Oh. Stay, oh, no, the see, only no one spiders is next away. to the spider in the haunted parking forest, and I think that says a lot about <laughs> us as a group. There's a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> I only like spiders that are on a web. I don't want any free roaming spiders. I'm not trying to live that life. But like, I have like this is the boundary of your seven world. different. Yeah, I have like seven different species of spiders in my yard right now, but they're on webs and like. They can live that life. I prefer not to think of them at all. In the spider religion, doing, the whole world is They're doing is the a web. good work out there, so. It's just a giant world of webbing. They can go wherever they want. All right, that's they're the only mail so we got, They're incredible. Though. They <laughs> built their own house. Please send us pictures of spiders. Please, yeah. Please maybe, don't. Like, I, no, I appreciate it. Also, it was a picture of a tarantula amidst rocks and things, so it's like you have to, like, find it. So that was a little scary. I do appreciate it. Yeah, that. it wasn't, like, super zoomed in already. You had to, like, work for it if you really wanted right, to Right, it wasn't it. just, like, spider. Uh, <laughs> So now we're probably going to get mail of spider and uh, send us cute yeah, things. cute spiders, Mushrooms. please. <laughs> um, send us 
cats. Yeah. <laughs> not just spiders. Lots of furry things. Spider cats. <laughs> just not, send us a fucking ju- picture. Not just spiders. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want. Maybe bats. But not doo doo. Do you have bats? I'll take a send bat. Send us wolves. Wolves. Do you have a wolf in your life? Send us a picture. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your distance. <laughs> um that's it uh i joey and i were at new york comic-con today so we're tired but we are here and we are ready to talk about robin hobb does anyone have any news before i move i i begin negatory all right let's go yeah. so chapter 13 is called shade or shade or sade or chad or chase uh, if you're the google drive document <laughs> and you're trying to type shade over and over again. Uh, this is very short because, again, Chad. I was at Comic-Con. So the intro to this chapter is a message from Fitz to Skillmistress Nettle that's basically an overly formal plea to stop mucking about with the skill pillars because they're dangerous, hence all of the stories about people disappearing forever into them. So nice to know that old Tom Badgerlock has, is corresponding very formally with his daughter. <laughs> uh, Fitz is annoyed that he's been summoned to the local dive bar to meet up with whatever character Shade has concocted for the evening and he's had to leave B in latchkey care which I know well so he expects to meet up with Shade who is like all hi I'm Jackie Daytona regular human bartender <laughs> but to meet him Fitz has covered his own face in chalk as a disguise which is <laughs> totally not weird at all <laughs> And to that I say, who's the mummer now, my dude? But while waiting, Fitz is repeatedly propositioned by some kind of starling throwback. Is that shade in a dress? No? Maybe? No? Too short, too young, auburn hair. And it's a little excruciating. And Fitz is definitely not interested and is pretty sure that she's a shade test anyways. But thank Ida, here comes Riddle and Shade. Please come interrupt the awkwardness. So Shade explains to Fitz how he's traveled through the pillar using Riddle as a skill source, a king's man, if you will. But Fitz senses that Nettle is also using Riddle the way that Verity used to use Fitz and Shade doesn't seem to have a clue, which just goes to show you that that Riddle is very strong. He's a well of strength. So that's interesting. There's so much spying and maneuvering going on. They decide to talk in a room at the end and oh look, the girl is going with them. Hmm. Turns out her name is Shun. She is haughty and young and sure of herself, and she's gone so far as to place tax all over Fitz to prove that he's old and tired, and he says that he can't protect his daughter, and then Fitz wolfs out at this applied threat for a bit until Shade is like, oh my god, stop. Thanks. Why all this crap? Well, Riddle, who is busy eating, by the way, and not at all involved, except of course he is, points out that Shade obviously wants to place Shun in Fitz's household and have Fitz protect her. And then Fitz is annoyed and Shun is offended. And it's great. I love when Shun is offended. So who is Shun? Well, she's a noble bastard born in the usual way, set aside by her mother and stepfather. And Shade has been protecting her and teaching her assassin shit. TLDR, Shun doesn't want to stay in the woods with Fitz, and Fitz doesn't want her around B because so far she's pretty awful, but Shade is like, do you want to die? There is shit going down. This is me keeping you alive, and that's that. Shun is going to live at Withywoods. Fitz is all, well, you're going to do chores then, and Shun is like, but my Gucci gloves. Uh, (laughs) And Shade interrupts to tell Shun that she's a nobody now. Cinderella-type shit. Leave your old name behind. Take mine. You're a false star now. 
Shun is adamant about not being anyone's governess and she doesn't like children and she doesn't want to. And the idea that Fitz is raising a daughter on his own is horrifying to everyone. And Riddle is especially worried about the situation (laughs) because Nettle is also very worried and whatever Nettle thinks, Riddle thinks they're a couple. B is alone. B has no mother. B can't possibly be raised well by Fitz's fucking chivalry. Am I right? Like B doesn't even have a tutor. Can she even read? And Fitz can barely take care of himself when he is racked with grief and he's not taking care of himself. Like, look at him. He's covered in chalk. (laughs) (laughs) So in the end, Fitz is strong armed into taking Sean into his household where she will not be a governess. And he insists that he needs three days to prepare for this. So shade is off. And Shun is left in Riddle's custody in this inn. And Fitz heads home, but isn't happy that Shade only wants more from him. More favors, more secrets, more tasks. Instead of meeting up with him to simply offer support and strength in this time of mourning. So what do we think of Shun? Shun sucks. Shun sucks. Shun sucks. <laughs> so the rereaders don't like Shun. Hmm. I feel like... I'm watching like a shitty Bravo show. When, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when Shuds are out. <laughs> like, what's. Why is she so awful? What is the purpose of her in this moment? To... Yeah. No, seriously. Well, it seems like a bizarre mix because she is both like unwanted by her family, but also like incredibly entitled. <laughs> right. How is she like, so like entitled to all these things when no one likes her and, and she's being ferried around yeah who the fuck is her mom is her mom ketrican like how That's what, how else yeah. how do you get off being this like well ketrican wouldn't have had I feel like her if she, her mother was ketrican she'd have better yeah like, yeah manners. yeah she yeah she's right <laughs> genetically she's just, really, yeah right just like does the math work out yeah. for regal like would that make sense or is that is that not enough time like she's she's literally the like daughter of the Duchess of Pharaoh. That's, that's like the only <laughs> thing that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely Pharaoh. She's some Pharaoh, or she's just got that that attitude. Um, I don't. I I think you'll have to do some math to see if the the regal theory will will point out. I think we should do as her name suggests and show mm-hmm. her. No. Yeah, she's just super annoying. Because she's she's not that old, so I don't think she is old enough. What is she? Fifteen, sixteen? I think she's like, yeah, oh, she's like, like I was gonna say like nineteen, twenty. Yeah. yeah, it's been much longer than that since Regal died. Remember, Fitz is like sixty-four. But who else has been out there boning around? Boning around. <laughs> <laughs> it's who hasn't? It's at. I think it's Regal's. She's she seems shitty like Regal. She's entitled. <laughs> but they're like it's yeah. There's no way because that that can't. So be. Th- this book started out like 15 years after Fool's Errand ish trilogy, but then like 10 years went by. So it's really like 25 years after that. And that set of books was like 15 years after Regal died. Yeah. So it's not possible. His, his so kids would be in like their, we're would be like ways. 40. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. No. it's not possible that she's Regal's. And also remember that the fool had, had a prophecy about Regal that Regal would never have any children. Thank God. 
We don't we don't disagree with the fool. Okay, that's just our one truth. Well, the fool disagrees with himself in my chapter. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, off, off, you know, there there's definitely there's. <laughs> and what's the cat thing? The cat knows. She's like, you're all fucking idiots. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't. It, it 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 is. It's sudden. Suddenly, shade has shown up. <laughs> <laughs> Interrupting. The podcast. Oh, oh man, she has so much to say. Oh. Oh. She's Baba. She can say as much as she right. needs to. I just, I just don't want to interrupt her. You know, it's like really important. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Shade has suddenly shown up and has this girl that he's going to put into the household of Fitz, right? Like, this is inner circle kind of shit, right? Like, we've got Riddle involved, we've got Nettle kind of spying, we've got Fitz involved. Yeah, this is like threat level midnight for sure. Right, yeah. So this isn't just like any old, like, this isn't like a civil Brezinga situation where it was like, well, we're going to bring this kid in and we're just going to watch him and see what happens. Like, this... I think even civil sucked less than I don't know. I mean, this is a competition now. Every (laughs) (laughs) we'll have to. Are you? Are you like? Are you civil or are you starling or like? Are you like which character? Like civil (laughs) was like a competent person, even if he was an asshole. But like, he wasn't this useless and annoying. Quite she's not that useless she covered him and she 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 was able to do all of the, the assassin True. touches by like slamming into him and then like pushing her boobs in his face <gasps> is she attractive okay, so or is she like not well he did think that she might be shade there for a second so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> are we really of like buying fitz's judge of i anything? don't think that that fitz is like capable of deciding whether or not anyone is like attractive unless he's already attracted to them he's he's like is she wearing red skirts because otherwise i don't know what attraction is no one has described her as a cat yet (laughs) yet that's true that is the tell so she's yeah if anyone ever describes her as a cat then you know she can't be yeah you're right she can't possibly be attractive if she's not if she's not described as a cat so far she we know she's got auburn hair and she's short, and she may or may not resemble a man in <laughs> in a dress. So, uh, but she's being sent to Withywoods, and she has zero skills uh, and a really bad attitude. And I'm really concerned about why it's so important to keep her alive. I mean, if she sucks and people want her dead so badly. Yeah, I want to know who the fuck's trying to kill her. Well, who, and why Shade won't let her save her mother? Is. Right, whatever it is, is Shade has decided that this that Shun needs this kind of protection. Why is she is she useful? Like, Does she know something? Fitz is like the creator of the witness protection program, and why shouldn't I mean he should he knows all the secrets? Like he should be able to know who her mother is. Yeah. Right. I know. <laughs> we concur. <laughs> <laughs> If he can't smell it, he doesn't know it, right? It's just... I thought that was weird. He was like, Riddle, Riddle, I could feel Nettle inside Riddle. Like, you know what? Yeah, that was... I don't like that. We don't need to be... We don't need to be messing with that. That's not your business. (laughs) Like, just leave that alone. I like how, how Riddle has become... 
Remember, like, he was, like, a sidekick? He was just kind of, like, this dude that showed up and, like, spied on Fitz in the in the uh, Tawny Man trilogy. And now he's kind of like a right-hand man, like a lieutenant. Yeah, for yeah. I don't know. Don't die, Riddle. Too tight with Nettle, but we'll see. Riddle too tight. Don't die, Riddle. They're just a little too wrapped around each other. They dress alike. And it was alike and... was this the uh, yeah. the chapter where Shade was trying to allude that they were doing they were uh, they were a couple. He he said something a little bit lewd. I think that was the last section. Yeah, I think I that remember. was the last section. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he was <laughs> something about their work. He Fitz was like, oh, he's working for Nettle, and or what? What did he say? He's uh. He's supporting Nettle, and Shade was like, "Yeah, more than one way." <gasps> more than more ways than one. Dirty old man. Mm-hmm. I think he was talking about sex. <laughs> um, and I I do like that we got the classic fantasy of crossroads in a in an inn scene, mm. right? Like, yeah, a bunch of characters meet in an inn, and then they go Strider. Like, Oh man, that's that's just that's the trope, right? Like, if you sit down to write a fantasy novel, do you just not set it immediately in a in an inn somewhere? This is like fifty percent of D and D plots. Yep. <laughs> well, I uh, I can't wait for Shun to be given chores or something to do, or <clears throat> you know, she's gonna excel at everything. I'm sure she's bratty. She's, She's adolescent. But will she have a Malta-like glow-up is the question. I feel like mm-hmm. Malta would eat, like, chew her up, spit her out. <laughs> or not even acknowledge her because she's, like, no. She's, like, nothing. I don't know. Shun is is all the worst parts of Starling and all the worst parts of Malta and all the worst. I just, she... Is, is that because she's 20 right now? Because I feel like if you went back to what Malta was the first couple chapters we knew her it's really not that different like malta could have become this true yeah it's all right so something horrible is going to happen to sean and she's going to turn into a badass is that the prediction no no i mean (laughs) or she might just die and bring other pains to other people around her you never know Um, is that, that, that's really it. This whole chapter just takes place in the inn and there's like lots of like random talk about the inn and how cold it is and the other people that are there and, you know, just lots of atmosphere kind of stuff. Um, and you know, we do see that Shade has absolutely no problem with using the witness stones for fast travel, which every good fantasy map has fast travel options and I'm okay with that. Yeah, but apparently took the hell out of him when he did it, so. Well, again, but Fitz thinks that it was really, that it was harder because it wasn't just Shade and Riddle coming through. Nettle was with Riddle. So it was, like, three people. That would be hard. Yeah. You just don't know, like, what's the lasting effect of that. There's always a stowaway. Who knows? I mean, uh, you know... Uh, Dutiful's gone through them a few times, and we know that Fitz, like, disappeared into one for three weeks, but other than that, he's fine. 
Can, how long can you stay in that skill stone before it like you're gone forever? Because like I would love it if somebody from like a different like eon came out of that thing, and was that like, would be really cool. What? <laughs> like an actual elderling just like pops yeah, out. just what? <laughs> like time travel. Time travel. I'm in the future. It looks the same. <laughs> it looks the same. The fa- the I don't know in Robin Hobbs timeline the fashions do change we're gonna see a lot more of that that's soon. true uh you know art styles change buildings change the borders of things change it's not like certain other maps in fantasy where <laughs> nothing ever changes technology improves too yeah not like rapidly but you know at least with the elderly stuff it improves Maybe shade will go in there. If popped out of the stone a thousand years later, they would either be extremely lonely that there's only ten people to talk to in their mind, or they would be excited to take over the world. (laughs) (laughs) It's so are the witness stones like the thing from Superman where it's like you're really bad and they like crystals. What is that? Crystal prison. Oh, like Um, now I got the Phantom Phantom Zone. Zone. Thank you. It has a really great name. It's a Phantom Zone. You just go on. <laughs> Although for Fitz, when he was stuck in there, it didn't feel like three weeks. He thought it was instant. Yeah. And then he yeah. popped out and it was three Well, weeks yeah. Later. He'd just come out and he'd, he'd elderling would be like, huh. And then Fitz would be like, oh my god, you're hideous. I have to run from you. You look like my tapestry. You look like my tapestry. <laughs> Get off my wall. <laughs> you look just like the tapestry. Well, I, I just like that, you know, Robin Hobb may or may not have any knowledge of video games, but this fast travel option makes sense to me. I support it. I don't want to go on the same old <laughs> roads every single time. You know, let's let's just get where we're going and have some plot. <laughs> we don't need True to wait that. for Shade to like show up eventually. Um, Jenny, take us into chapter fourteen, please. Chapter 14 is called Dreams, which I'm sure we've had before. Um, We're back in Bee's dream journal, and it's super bleak as she describes a black wolf as big as a horse and her father there, old and gray as dust, telling her he's sorry and that he's so tired. She would like to stop dreaming this dream, and I would like that too, especially because she seems certain it's going to happen. But back to the story, Bee is still stuck in the walls, terrified, but never fear, Wolf Father is here, and not a moment too soon. Someone needs to raise this kid, right? There's no crying in baseball, or dark secret passages, he tells her. <laughs> uh, and we, we do have the, the image here. I saw some oh, playing them today at New York Comic Con, really? so it's still relevant. Amazing. Whining is for prey, and you are not prey. And oh, how I've missed the sensible one in this story. Bee quiets immediately, and Wolf Father is all, that's better, what's your problem? And she tells him she's trapped and she wants to get back to bed, and he's like, well, why the hell did you leave the den then? Which is a very fair question. But still, he's very calm and pragmatic as always, which kind of annoys Bee, but eventually he gets her to follow her nose because it always knows. <laughs> <laughs> which is the Fruit Loops slogan. Uh, and her nose GPS leads her back towards her future spy lair, where Wolf Father vanishes and Human Father has returned. Fitz is terrified when she comes out, and he drowns her with his feelings as he hugs her, but at least that means she feels the love underneath all the fear. He tells her not to ever be gone from where he left her, and she promises to stay in the den next time. 
He takes her up to bed, but she's afraid to sleep because when she sleeps, she dreams, and she knows that she has to remember them and write them down when she wakes. Some of the most frightening dreams were recurrent, and she mentions one with a snake boat, which sounds great, and one where she has no mouth and could not close her eyes, one where she helps a rat hide inside her heart, a fog, and a white and black rabbit running from terrible ravening creatures, and the black rabbit screams while the white one dies, and honestly, I would hate these dreams too. But after the night wolf father came, she has a dream that she knew was no ordinary dream, and she learned that there were two categories to her dreams. There were dreams with a lowercase d and dreams with a capital D. <laughs> And now she needs to record them properly. At breakfast, B freaks the kitchen staff out by talking, and Tavia is all, your mother would have been pleased to hear it, which sends B on a little Molly spiral, which, where she realizes they'll never have good candles again, and they need to save them. <laughs> Something she announces to Fitz when he arrives. They both have also have a realization that they're a mess, and that Molly did a lot of things for them, like laundry. Aww. Uh, Fitz agrees to save the candles and says that they probably need to hire some help and mentions that Shun is coming to stay with them. Ugh. B is not pleased and I don't blame her. I don't feel like she's going to be any help. Uh, once the Shun news is out of the way, B announces that she will need the good paper to write down her special dream and Fitz is all, yeah, sure, but then B explains the great dream in great detail, ending with, After the false wolves go past, I find a butterfly wing on the ground. I pick it up, but as I do, the wing becomes larger and larger, and under it is a pale man, white as chalk, cold as a fish. I think he is dead, but then he opens his eyes. They have no color. He does not speak with his mouth, but opens his hand to talk. He dies with rubies falling from his eyes. B tells him it's her duty to remember it all and keep it safe. And of course, in his fed fit... In his head, Fitz is just screaming, Not my beloved! And spills his tea and basically flees, but tells B that she can take whatever paper she wants from his desk. So after that, B gets to raise herself for a few days, because Fitz is super busy, distracting himself from thinking about the fool and B's dream by getting the house ready for Shun's arrival. In the meantime, B steals from the manor and sets herself, sets herself up in her little spy den, gets the good paper and inks to write down all of her dreams. During her klepto phase, she also starts stealing all of Fitz's writing so she can actually get to know her father. She reads about an early encounter with the fool when he chose to leave him behind so as to not make waves with the new kids in town, which is sad. She also learns all about her royal lineage, so that's useful. Um, finally, Fitz comes to talk to her again, and she asks him why he got so angry about her dream. He says, Your dream made me think of someone I knew long ago. He was very pale man and he often had peculiar dreams when he, and when he was a child he wrote his dreams down just as you said you would do but you know let's not make any real connections there <laughs> he tells her that her dreaming of a dead pale man was alarming to him and he has to look away oh fits but you know let's ignore the trauma and talk about shun instead sigh at least he gets uh, b to tell fits to shave and thank you for that so Fitz is told repeatedly in the chapter I covered, we don't think that you're a fit father. You're not taking care of yourself. We're worried about B. He comes back, <laughs> finds B in the wall, freaking out. They're like, yeah, you know, we should try harder. And then he abandons him. <laughs> <laughs> he can't really multitask. He's like, well, I got to get the house ready. But then, you know, I have a child. Oh, yeah. Too. And then the house thing is very like. No, no one can just drop in on, on Fitz. You know, you have to schedule it. He has to have the house deep cleaned just in case you run your finger along a banister <laughs> in the corner. 
Okay, let's be honest. He's he's not worried about the deep clean. He's not worried about dust on a shelf. He's worried about like dirty underwear in the hallway <laughs> and like seventy five Lacroix cans sitting on the counter. Like this, it's it's way more than that. But why? This is a manner. There... Why was Molly doing the laundry? Uh... <laughs> Was she doing the laundry or just actually directing people to do the laundry? And if so, why can't those people still right. do Right. Why the do laundry? they need to be told to keep doing the laundry? There, there's a moment in my chapter where Fitz comes back to his room after not having yeah. been there for a while. And it's like, oh, oh. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, yo, it stinks in here. <laughs> and I think that he, he said that he had told all of the servants to stay away from his room because (laughs) he was grieving and he just sat there and was moody for like a year i don't know yeah and i think that molly did do everything for b because she didn't you know she was always very protective of her and she was talking in my chapter she's talking about like the ritual that they had where she would you know come in and like lay out her clothes in in the morning and you know make build up her fire for her even you know after she didn't need to because they just liked the ritual of mm-hmm. it. and we know that so now fitz, no one's doing that and all her clothes are dirty we know that fitz will get into that mode of not changing or showering for a year straight <laughs> well That's b like, says at some point that she's like oh i haven't actually properly bathed my whole like body a, in like a couple of since weeks my mother yeah, died it's <laughs> in my section it's pretty it's pretty yeah. ripe so why mm. okay i get it like Fitz has made these like he's made a an order to the to the staff. These are not these are human beings who have their own children and their own standards of cleanliness. You'd think that they would be like, Okay, sir, we won't do the laundry and then they'll just fucking do it. Like, okay, sir, we're gonna bathe the <laughs> yeah. child, we're gonna feed her, we're gonna like, we're just gonna go around and you're in you know, you're grieving and you're not thinking correctly, and we're just gonna let you have that. Instead they're like, I yes, think we if she was abuse, a cute, charming like, or a cute, pathetic child, then they probably would do that. But like she hasn't even talked to them. Like she's kind of put herself in that position. She's like to... a creepy living doll that like they yeah. see scampering <laughs> in the hallway. <laughs> but you'd think someone would be like, "Excuse me, sir, can you bathe?" Yeah, like why? I, is it, why is I think the all? only person that would actually do that is the shepherd, but he's not in the house. He's down hanging out with the with the little hill beasts. So everybody else <laughs> tries to talk to him. He they, he looks like an actual wolf. In response, <laughs> just... Revel needs to get a backbone and tell. This is very much like like, like the beginning of Beauty and the Beast, where she gets there and everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh, just let the master do whatever he wants." He's made a nest of <laughs> curtains and he's eating bones. His study is the West I'm Wing. A, I'm a table now. I have nothing to do with anything. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. He's the Beast. He's the beast, and everyone in Withy Woods has turned into, like, forks. <laughs> and B is Chip. B. And B is Chip. B is, no, <laughs> B is a creepy doll. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what B is. B is the rose. Should we talk about Fitz being like, wow, everything you're saying reminds me of the exact words that the fool once told yes. me. Oh, my God. I What's can't. wrong with him? <laughs> I, it's he's, he's infuriating it's truly i bitch about it a little bit in my section too i'm just like this he this book he refuses to use his brain 
at all. It's it's just like he keeps making the connections, but then not actually making the connections. Like he says the words, but then doesn't really listen to He's them. Like, huh? And then carries on. He's like, I guess some <laughs> kids are just like that. Aren't that how kids are? Visually, I feel like there's a lot of cues. Now she's spewed off some weird, like ramblings a couple of times. It's like, how are we not? I also think that in the past we haven't had any other point of view other than Fitz, and having that other person's point of view makes it even like a thousand percent more obvious like we knew before but like now it's like god whoa (laughs) this guy is he's a space case well and they would say that right they would say like you just stare at the wall and you don't listen to people and we think that you (laughs) might that you might need help and everyone around him because you're in his head and you're like he's just grieving he loves his daughter he doesn't need like child protective services to come and take b away but maybe he does because mm-hmm. we're in his mind and he and we understand how he thinks. But from the outside, he does seem completely incompetent. He doesn't communicate. I think it's also very annoying that B hasn't asked for her own bath. Like she's nine years she's old. She's nine. I know. I'm like my four year old niece starts her bath and gets in on her own. So like. I feel like she could be like, yo, Bia, like, bring me some hot water. I'm getting a little ripe. Right? I mean, at nine mm-hmm. years old, that's like, you're, you're like a small, you're a small adult, right? You're, I mean, you don't have like emotional, you're not emotionally an adult, but you can make your lunch and do your laundry and get yourself to school and do your homework and like, you could function. I mean, there's a certain ex- like, extent like you have to, like, she's also grieving and he, well, Fitz is teaching her how to having... as well. I know very yeah, badly, yeah. but <laughs> Bad I mean, I think I think because Molly did do a lot for her as well. Like I, I can see how it happened, but now that she knows, now that she's recognized it, hopefully, she <laughs> works on that. Yeah, you know, like maybe she has a dream about taking a bath. <laughs> I'm gonna write it about D it in dream. my dream journal and then do nothing. <laughs> Ah, that's satisfying enough just to write about it it's the same thing she's gonna be burning them candles to burn off the stank as she walks around that's such a sad thing that she like where do people get candles candles and like are we gonna burn up all the candles that you know that molly made and uh that's that was sad i do think yeah i agree but I think the most important thing in this chapter is Wolf's father has arrived. Yes, so we have to talk about this. <laughs> we have Who's Night that? Eyes just suddenly, like, talking <laughs> in not Fitz's point of view. It's a little weird. All of what Fitz's are, daughters like with skill get the, get the treatment. Do you inherit your I mean, I think this is just memories? like a no holds barred book. We got Phantom Fool Babies. <laughs> We've got the Wolf. Night Eyes is talking to her. It's like I don't know. Is it just that she's so connected to Fitz through the skill that like Night Eyes' spirit is just like traversing the skill bridge? It has to, to be mind. just like separate from Fitz. So <laughs> like. It's fine. I'll go take care of your child for you. <laughs> You're not doing a good job. I want to talk about, you know how when Fitz was training with Black, Black Rolf, there was this discussion about how you don't 
join with your partner after like as they're dying because then you've got two people in one body and one of them's going to take over and it's bad it's evil and but when your animal dies or you die like you kind of stick with them a little bit like a little bit of an image or a shadow and you can hear them from time to time do we think that it's that or do we think that night eyes is actually like a hundred percent in fits and just like being quiet or do we think that they're all it's like all bullshit and everybody every witted person when they die do they have like their partner in them and they're just like being polite fucking people and not taking over i well one i do think everything i think that a lot of it is bullshit i think that a lot of those traditions and and rules that they have are are suggested operation manuals about like how to live ethically while bonded to animals that have different needs and you know than you but uh, they fitz was always told you guys are doing it wrong like i don't think night eye specifically was like see a body i'm gonna live in fitz now i just think that they were so because they did that that... already like fitz did live inside yeah for a second and they became like a a one one voltron they were (laughs) they were running and feeding and being a wolf right Right, but like I think because of that experience, because they were so intertwined, I think it just, just more of him stayed than maybe. Think, you think there's maybe shades people. of gray with this? Well, I I think what you were I think what you what you're suggesting is that everyone is saying no, we don't do that. That's not how it's done. But everyone's secretly doing it because why wouldn't you? I don't know if that's or even true. if they don't. Or even if they don't know that they're doing it, they're doing it. Right. To some degree. Right. I I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. I think it's like, look, you don't enter you don't enter the, the, the body of your of your whip partner and then just take over. Because we did see the lady who had become a deer, right? That yeah. was bad. Right. And and the cat And the person. cat person the cat that sucked. Was bad. And we know and we know that it we know that it didn't just suck because we were told it sucked. We felt the way that the cat felt and we felt you know, and it wasn't good. Like a passive Although honestly, Fitz would be lucky if Night Eyes took over. Oh, Fitz would be like a better person. <laughs> he would be king of the six duchies right now. He would okay? be over the moon as well. He would be so happy to like subside half his brain to Night Eyes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just take it and go. I don't I'm not using this half a brain. Well, I, I think it's somewhere in between. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think it's yeah. like they were very intertwined, more so than maybe even was considered normal, and so that echo or whatever the memory that or the partial imprint is just stronger. But I don't know. Keep an eye on it. See if you agree or disagree, because it is odd that. B is talking to him. Harvey. <laughs> yeah, and that's my thing is like I feel like if it was an imprint or like a memory or that kind of thing, like we would just get like some, you know, there'd be like a library of solid quotes that yeah. would be referenced. <laughs> it's just and like, that type of thing. But this is like completely new dialogue and a completely different person. That's like I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's more than I, know what I feel like imprint. it's sort of like like the fool putting you know, like a drop of blood was like his somehow his entire essence into that feather right. yeah you know yeah. or the crown or whatever like i feel like it's sort of 
like that. Like there is an entity, but it's not like. So it's like Night Eyes died, but like self. a program containing his personality was downloaded into Spitz's mind. <laughs> yeah, it's Harvey. Oh yeah. man, it's Harvey from. You know what else it reminds me it of? It can learn and, and grow. It reminds me of dragons mm-hmm. passing on their memories. That is I, true. I. I think it's it more uh, more more point to all of these magics are kind of the same thing. They're all yeah. The skill is the skill yeah. is the skill. Yeah. I st- I think that Fitz having both magics is key to most of how mm-hmm. Fitz works and yeah. experiences things because like wit- pe- witted people all the time come up to him and say, "Oh, this is wrong. This is whatever." But then, like, you get Fitz's point of view, and you also got Nith- Night Eyes' opinion in those books where he was like, I like the way we are. I'm cool with the way we are. It works for us. I mean, I do think the skill is how Night Eyes is reaching. Yeah. B. Totally. Yeah. And, I mean, because mm-hmm. Night Eyes, you can't be witted and bond with a dead animal. <laughs> like, it's definitely <laughs> the skill. So Night Eyes is back. We will have, uh, I really do like some of the quotes in that one. Um, The whining is for prey and you are not prey. That's great. Mm -hmm. Follow your nose. That's a good, that's a good, (laughs) you know, when you become overwhelmed. Tell yourself, what would Night Eyes say to me? He's very good in a crisis. Yeah. Well, because Fitz is always like, here's the 48th things that can happen in this you know if if this happens and he goes through everything in his brain and night eyes would be like well let's just see what happens and deal with that one thing instead of figuring out the funniest is when someone says something to him and then he thinks about the 48 things in his head before he answers them which is 20 and that's why everyone thinks he's yeah. like dumb because he takes 15 <laughs> minutes to <laughs> he's just drooling the whole time it's just staring everyone's moved on to a different topic I understand. <laughs> Joey. <laughs> uh, and now Fitz is going to shave. So Fitz isn't going to look old anymore. He's not going to have anything to cover in chalk. He's going to be young and hot. Thank God. Let's go. Oh, I'm excited. Whenever I draw him again, I don't have to draw the fucking beard. Perma 30, <laughs> fuck boy. At least for this point in time. He's like, yeah, my, my dad's young and hot now. I have the hottest dad. I have the hottest. Is, is that what kids off. say about their dads? I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> I have no idea what kids say. Yeah, about their they dads. don't. Rachel, they don't do that. I mean, it looks more appropriate for a thirty-five-year-old to have a nine-year-old than it would for a sixty-something-year-old to have a nine-year-old. True so that. that's it's better. true. It's true. It's something other people tell you about your dad. Your dad is I so hot. How Shut many up. kids are like, "Hey, dad, you should probably make yourself look better." For grooming, like, you know, like shave or something. I mean, if you're embarrassed by them, kids absolutely do say that. <laughs> so he's embarrassing. And so he's, I would it's be not just a beard. It's like a, a mountain man beard. Yeah, it's oh got God. stuff it's in like it for sure. It's like scraggly and like, probably like. I drew it much dreaded. nicer than it probably is. Well, and it's not shaped at all. Yeah, you know, so it's just scraggled, like thing. nasty. Yeah. All right, I'm just, I'm still just picturing the beast, the cartoon beast, wandering It'll just through. Be, you know, I envision it like a, like he emptied a vacuum bag onto his face. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's got chalk in it still. It's never. 
never... Specifically when he's facing the other direction and then he turns back to look at you and snarls. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just holding meat, like a, a bone in his mouth. <laughs> now I'm going to go and like revamp my drawing to just be hard. <laughs> he's just like oh. this like, meth addict. <laughs> <laughs> and in his mind he's like i'm i'm your dad i'm going to take care of you we're a happy family everyone else is like that meth addict has kidnapped that child <laughs> oh. how long do you think this beard is i don't i don't know like mid neck it's definitely like there's a neck beard situation there's definitely like some non-shaped scraggly All right, well, Jenny redraws the beard. Let's move on to chapter 15, please. Chapter 15, A Full House. And B is played by both Mary-Kate and Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Days go by. <laughs> um, so the intro is about some old intro friends, Wild Eye and her catalyst, or Wild Eye, the Catalyst, and her White Prophet, who is unnamed in this. I don't remember if he had a name before. Um, but it's more of a general overview of their relationship and how they hated each other but still somehow got the job done than any kind of story. I find it funny because the intro ends by saying that the White Prophet managed to set the world on a better path. But if you remember the previous tales about them, uh, it seemed like Wild Eye was constantly disobeying his, her White Prophet and still managed to make what he wanted to come true. The White Prophet doesn't change things after all, but simply guides the catalyst. So what is it? Fate? A bad prophet accidentally getting things right? I don't know. You decide. Fitz is beginning his overseeing of the long-needed repairs to the estate. And hey, what's that coming over the hill? Fucking Chun, fucking Chun. Twelve stories of furs, rings of platinum. The present beware, the oh future beware. She's, She's coming. coming. She's coming. She's coming. Oh my god. Wow. That is, that's uh, Brad Neely special. 10,000 points to Eli. That was amazing. All right. Uh, after much frowning at the repair repair crews, Fitz, Riddle, and Shun all go to enjoy some snacks and ketchup. But they're soon interrupted. B glides in on her rollerblades with dilated pupils and a dreamy voice, <laughs> saying, It's today, the butterfly in the garden, father. The wing is on the ground and the pale man awaits you. Oh, man. <laughs> in case you forgot about her for one second, Shun calls B a servant boy. Um, <laughs> Fitz, presuming she got into his cold medicine, tries to carry her to bed, but B twists out of his grip and rollerblades away into the garden. <laughs> Is it like the little rolly shoes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's got heelys, yeah. Um, Fitz catches up to her on the other side of the garden where she points towards a large butterfly wing in the snow. Go, Tim, she says. But it wasn't a butterfly wing. Picking it up, Fitz realizes it's made out of fabric, and he pulls it up, and it materializes into a full-sized cloak with a pattern of a butterfly on it. Underneath was a pale white man, Toe to tip, that's a fool, Breeze Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. 
<laughs> and looking exactly like he had when he was young. And he's also pretty badly injured with seeping wounds on his back. Fitz carries the fool back into the manor and follows and follows B to secret him away to Molly's old honey room. He'll like it here, B says. Bees are not so different from butterflies. Fitz then sends B away for water. Um, probably because she's acting like she's just an insane person. Uh, <laughs> Fitz is examining the wounds on the fool and he speaks up. Or she, actually? It's not the fool, it's a lady. Who looks exactly like the fool used to, and now instead of listening to her, Fitz is going into a giddy gay relief that the fool isn't dying. <laughs> Fitz admits that he thought she was someone else, and when she gets Fitz to say that it was Beloved who he thought she was, she then decides that he's the right guy, and she tells him that her quest was not a failure. She says that she has a message and a warning for him. Presumably from the fool. Of course, this gets interrupted because... Before she can say anything else, B is back and Riddle has followed her. Riddle is promptly sent away to find a, a healer, and B is sent off to go distract Shun. Also, like, obviously he's just getting rid of them. Um, of course, by that time, Fitz had forgotten about prophecy, and the useless <laughs> idiot is now tending to her wounds. As he's attempting to clean her wounds, she says, It's no use, and she recounts how she got here. Her companion had cleaned the wounds already, and but there was no cleaning up what went into her. Whoever was chasing after them caught up and killed her companion, and then she escaped, but her wounds have gotten worse since then, and there's no fixing them. She says that she was meant to warn Fitz of the hunters that, so that she could he could get the sun and run away before them. Now that Riddle knows of the lady, Fitz wants to move her. But his room is gross as shit, so where does he put her? <laughs> How about his daughter's room? Very good, Fitz. You're doing great. Luckily, <laughs> B wasn't too upset about this, and B says she'll watch over the lady while Fitz distracts Shun. Clearly, B is sick of her and calls Shun, uh, quote, the most useless person I have ever met. <laughs> and that's a perfect end to this chapter, but it's not over. Except... So do you think you'll be happy here, Fitz, asks Shun, with a big dumb smile on his face. And something in Shun just breaks, and she starts yelling about all the chaos going on around her, forgetting that chaos is her, her middle name. She looks like a boy, she says, which is, seems to be her chief complaint of Withy Woods. <laughs> Shun is also pretty pissed that she has to go into hiding. She expresses her desire to kill anyone who is after her, and for once Fitz isn't down on down to clown on the murder train. Um, we also learn that someone has tried to poison her, killing a servant instead, and that had precipitated her flight. Since then, she has even contemplated killing herself rather than living with this uh, life on the run and in inconveniencing everyone else. Seeing perhaps a kindred morose spirit, Fitz says that he'll be her forever defender, White Knight. Oh. And Chun cries and tackles him in a big hug. And right at this moment, B walks in just in time to see her dad in this slightly lewd looking position. And Fitz goes, Chun's uh, very upset. Aww. Right, says B. Well, our guest has disappeared. <laughs> and then Rin Riddle saunters into the room. Our guest has disappeared? Look at this sitcom family. It really is a full house. Anyway... <laughs> Fitz is now off to find the pale lady messenger, assuming now that she might be some kind of assassin. 
And B is with him too, because I guess that's the safest place for her, even when he's running towards possible danger. Cool. Okay, chapter over. Um, did you send it? The revised. I'm I'm cropping it in on the. <laughs> So, is Shun, like, trying to make a pass at Fitz all of a sudden? Like, what was that? Was no. there, like... It felt kind of weird. I didn't think... I think... I think she's just sad and has zero friends. I also think she probably hasn't gotten a hug in, like, a fucking very long time. She See, she reminds me of... She probably needed that. I just kind of like, why is she so upset that the place is under construction? When, isn't it better that it is like being fixed up than to like show up and it's like a dump? <laughs> she doesn't want to be there, so she's going to complain about any and everything. Yeah, it's all bad. It, Rachel, it's like you on a bad day. Oh, thank you. I mm-hmm. love you too. <laughs> Don't compare Wow, to I'm shunned. <laughs> Don't be shunned, Rachel. I'm shunned. I'm not shunned. Alright, I sent All right. it. Ooh. I'm not sure it's enough, but you know. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Slow. Very good. <laughs> that's a great beard. Yeah, that's it. That's great. I added some, some extra like flyaway bits to his hair. Because <laughs> B yeah. always says it doesn't lay flat. Yeah, that's it. That's the beard. <laughs> Oh. Still got the chalk in it. It's too. the chalk. It's definitely yeah. still in there because they do not bathe. We've established. <laughs> Who's in the Dang. background? Who's that? The little sheep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> still a little sheep sheeping. Although it looks headless. It doesn't Wait, what? Like sheeps. <laughs> oh, there was a head. head. Okay. It's just black. It's not. It's scribbly. Yeah. Because it was a background sheet. I'm zooming on the background background. sheet. Okay. I'm examining. Um, All right. So uh, B had a prophecy. They found a a white. And uh, how does that cloak work? I love that he was immediately like, it's the fool. And I'm like, we all saw the color that the fool was the last time you saw him, right? (laughs) Like. I guess like a desperate mind who was willing to believe whatever. Yeah. But I think that whenever he thinks of the fool, he thinks of the fool before he was Lord Golden. Because we know that he doesn't like really, he didn't really like Lord Golden. Like he thought he was yeah. foppy and like rude. So <laughs> I don't know. When he Jack. strode in that first night on that horse with all that brandy, I thought he sounded pretty foxy. Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't know. Fitz had a lot of really poetic paragraphs describing Lord Golden, so I don't know if he just liked He's him. beautiful. <laughs> Lord Golden is beautiful, but I think his favorite fool is the white fool, is the jester. I think so, yeah. too. Yeah. But... It's kind of like fool, Lord Golden, Amber, because he doesn't trust Amber at all. Right. Well, who is that? Who is that? <laughs> who is that? <laughs> someone that he knows. Your whole life? What's that voice you're doing? Um. Uh, yeah. All right. So Sean is here. There's construction. There's um a possibly dying uh alien, and <laughs> you're right. This is a this is a comedy of errors because at this point anything that goes wrong, Riddle's gonna tell Nettle that Fitz is incompetent. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of shit going down right now. 
And Fitz is just like, I'll hide everyone around in their way in their own room like Clue. <laughs> and then I'll just run this from is... one room to the next. <laughs> this is the Benny Hill chapter for sure. Yeah. It was uh, yeah. kind of uh, chaotic. And he's I'm... like, I'm going to take this person that based on future behavior, like he doesn't necessarily trust, but he's going to put that person in his daughter's room who he's sworn to protect <laughs> no matter what. Like, okay. And also, this is fine. Oh, excuse me. Also, what are you going to put in your daughter? Oh, a dying person. That's good. That's. Yeah. You know, yep. you got to enter that stuff early on. Okay. You got 14 rooms, but yeah, put her in there. That won't be traumatic. Most of them are unoccupied. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they're also like just giant piles of dust, so. You also and have rooms that literally no one else how, knows how to get to. Like, you have secret rooms. I but can't believe he didn't like take her to a secret him. room first. Anywhere. Literally anywhere. But then he leaves her alone, which he's already had one messenger girl come to him at, that he left alone. And right, what he didn't, her? Auto- he right, he's he's didn't automatically those connections. Think of that. Yeah. Right? Like, it's so annoying. He is incompetent. I I get like I I vacillate wildly between thinking that Riddle is being completely unsupportive and really judgmental and just like super like stick in the mud about all of this to thinking no he's right he's right he's objectively just trying to make sure that like Fitz is just he's the bad dad you know he's like the dad in the Lifetime movie that has the gambling problem or. <laughs> You know, he just like can't like what what we watched Squid Game and <laughs> the dad in that. Oh, God, he's trying to the whole first episode. He's just trying to get his daughter a a birthday gift, and it's just gambling, crime, loss, selling a kidney. Like, oh, I'm like this is Fitz. Fitz would do this. <laughs> yeah. He um, used every last brain cell thinking about the fool. He didn't have anything last. else left to give. Everything yeah, it was like just... a power outage after that. <laughs> it, it's from a from a reader's point of view, it is gratifying to know that like the fool still is the apex of the like priority ladder. You know, because it used to just be like you know, Shade would always try to get him to do something, and he'd be like, "Well, the fool needs me to do this," and Shade's like, "Why do you always do what the fool needs? Do what I need." I'm your dad. <laughs> I'm the father figure. <laughs> do what I tell you to do. Well, I gotta try to put the fool. I don't want to make the fool upset. <laughs> and then Night Eyes. And then Molly. Right? Yeah. Still there. Oh, where's, but where's now? Where's B on this ladder? Obviously, she should probably be at the top. But she doesn't do Oh, B's not even close. Oh. I think only in like, I think only in an animalistic way is B even acknowledged. At like well, yeah, on an Night emotional like level of like choosing a hierarchy, like she is not on that chart at all. Yeah, like if I'm not thinking about the fool and Shade isn't trying to talk to me and I'm not grieving Molly, then I might think about. And I don't have a house to fix. Yeah, and you know, like. <laughs> I think B needs to be more demanding. She needs to learn something from Shun about demanding her father's time. 
because she's very content to wait to be noticed to be mm-hmm. spoken to first to be left alone I get that. Yeah, I think she also likes to be left alone sometimes. Well, yeah, because her... But not... Yeah. Yeah. Again, she wasn't talking to anybody up until very recently, so... Right. Right. She has been taught to occupy her own... Her mind, her own self. But that's not going to get her what... You know, communicating with the people who are going to, you know, not only just give you your physical needs, but your emotional needs is something that you're learning through adolescence. And, like, B is definitely behind, you know? She, She can't even cry out and say I'm uncomfortable like a baby would she just she's just like okay cool so you're in my bed to this dying person alright cool yep yep oh okay these are the priorities yeah she's stockpiling that to hold against him later though it's a little intentional maybe the therapy pills will be piling I also up. thought it was, wasn't it wasn't very nice to expect her to just go distract Shun Mm-hmm. I thought that was so mean. I'm like, small talk with a stranger is just so, it's the worst. Why didn't Fitz call Revel? What's Revel doing? Where is Revel, right? He is a useful man. Put him to work. Make, stick <laughs> him on Shun. There was no, Shun would love nothing more forever. than to like cry on the shoulder of the, of the steward and like get her, get him to like get her right? the good blankets and like a tea and shit. Like, right? Bring me the fancy cheese. Riffle would love that. He'd be like, I'm useful, yay. Instead, he's just like in his office with the door shut, like, please don't ask me to do anything. (laughs) All right, so the guest has disappeared. Ashley, take us away. Chapter 16, please. Oh, dear, let me scroll a bit. Uh, Chapter 16, honored. So the chapter opens with the translation of a history. Honored guests. Yeah, Yeah. sorry. There's a whole extra word there. No, whatever. (laughs) We're not used to that. Words were right. (laughs) In fairness, they usually are just one. The chapter opens with the translation of a history of the white prophet race or species, whichever it is. And uh, however... It was provided by someone going through a tunnel on a car phone in 1997, so it's got some holes. <laughs> so it's like, they're white, and they're rare, and then then they're all one color, and they breed them, but their offspring are, and most importantly, <laughs> so B is grumpy. All this change is loud and annoying and rude, and why isn't anyone asking her if creepy grown versions of her can stay in her little room, huh? And how did she go so quickly from miniature daughter <laughs> to tiny conspirator? Isn't lying naughty? Well, spoiler alert, little Bia, this is just the tip of the iceberg. When she breaks the news of the missing butterfly girl, Fitz holds Bia away in her now very comfortable blanket fort in the walls, and Fitz is full in full-on panic mode. He's rusty at all this, and he's upset that Butters is missing, and... I'm mostly upset that at no time did Fitz flash back to the first messenger that went, went, went missing on his watch. And why in God's name did he leave this messenger alone too? Um, alas, this is where we're at though. So Fitz is off to search with the words for the mystery messenger. And B tragically did not bring her Game Boy or a nail art kit to occupy her time in the walls. Rookie mistake. So she scribbles a note on the wall for her dad, BRB, TTYL, Lila's, and decides to go explore some more. She goes to the pantry for some loot where a nice little kitty cat enters into an agreement with her. Kill the critters and get some smoked fish. Quite the little businesswoman. And side note, this cat better become a main character or I'm going to be pissed. (laughs) 
Um, let me scroll down a little bit. She, I lost my spot because I had to scroll a little bit. Uh, Fitz eventually comes to retrieve B, letting her know that Butters is nowhere to be found. And everyone thinks that she went away. And so they're just going to go to supper, you know, act very <laughs> casual about it all. <laughs> to which B says, oh, yes, right after you give me a knife and a sheath, please. And Fitz is taken aback and says they don't make knives that tiny. And besides, he can protect her. And she's like, now, please, I need a fucking knife now because shit is getting very weird. <laughs> and so he agrees to find a miniature knife to train her in miniature knife fighting skills, which honestly I can't wait for. And I think she's going to make an excellent tiny knifer. Um, on their way to dinner with Shun and Riddle, B very politely reminds Fitz that she hates Shun's presence and the construction and all the bullshit. Just, you know, for the record, she wants it out there. After dinner, Riddle and Fitz sneak off for a chat, leaving the girls together, and Shun makes shady digs at B, mentioning that she dresses like a boy, and then shows her pearls and all of her finery and typical mean girl shit. And uh, then B realizes she dresses just like Lainey Boggs before the makeover and she's all that. And, oh, God, how did this happen? I have saggy leggings. <laughs> and that makes her remember her dear dead mummy. And Shun makes a very unhelpful comment. I wish my mom were dead to try and trump B's pain. Oh, and so now they're in a typical mean girl pissing contest. Fun times. B comes back with a zinger, though. So then Shun pulls out one of her spider dagger pins and... Before we can see shit go down, the guys return. B stretches her arms dramatically and she's like, Yo, no gosh, I'm so tired. I'm going to go to bed. Bye. And she just scoots on out of there. So Fitz escorts B to bed and we learn that she hasn't bathed in weeks and all her night shirts are dirty. And thus she is officially the smelly kid. And Fitz is totally oh. oblivious being the dad of the year and all. And she goes stinkily to bed, but is awoken by the gurgling of the butterfly girl over her bed. The message. She spittles out. <laughs> B is all fuck this shit and she makes a dash for it and she goes to Fitz's room and he's already up and he's got a knife in hand and he's ready to activate berserker mode and they go back to the room and what well, you know what it was all just a mix up Butters never left she was there the whole time she was just covered in the invisibility cloak that she borrowed from the Harry Potter gang <laughs> she got cold and she needed a blanket now how does a trained assassin miss an entire cold breathing body on a cot in a tiny room I truly do not understand did he touch anything? Or is this like when my ex would look for something, which involved blinking twice and then just sighing with exhaustion? I mean, honestly, like, what the fuck? He knew the cloak existed. They talked about it when they found him and how it blended in with the background. So, like, truly, what the fuck? But anyways, back to the message. Butters is desperately trying to give this message before she keels over, but she wants to prove that she's legit by dropping some insider knowledge. So... One, Ratsy forever. Two, mommy issues. Three, you live inside the walls and four, fingerprints. There. Do you trust me now? Do you believe that he sent me? And Fitz is like, yeah, yeah, sure, Ratsy, whatever. Are you hungry? How about some tea and like a nice charcuterie board? Would you like to play some bridge before we dive into this message? Or is that blood dribbling from your mouth and eyes just going to distract you? But how about we listen to the soundtrack if she's all that? Because it's got some good bangers. Kiss me. And then she just gurgles, the message. And he's like, do you want a healer? I know you're kind, like, they kind of hate healers, but we could just, like, let's just go ahead and get one, okay? Like, I'm just going to do that. The message. And then Fitz is just like, oh, God, the message. Like, get on with the fucking message. Jeez. And so... Remember how the old dream prophecies foretold the unexpected son and the fool assumed that was you? Well, J fucking K player, the fool thinks there's another son in town and your mission, should you choose to accept it, which LOL, you don't have a choice, 
is to find him before the hunters do. We have no clues. We have no names. We have no locations. Fitz is shocked. The fool has a son. And personally, I'm like, is that what she said? But I guess it is because then she's like, oh, yeah, he he has a son. It's his. And yet it's not his. And it's a, like a half blood white. But maybe it could have feel like a, appear to be a full blood white. And, like, the hunters are going to come. They're going to be, like, real chill about it. But, like, don't trust them. The only person that has permission to pick up the son from school is the fool. No one else. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's like, okay, I'm done. So Fitz has, um, he says some, like, very unassuring words to Butters. And Butters is like, what the fuck? Like, this guy's totally going to fuck this up. Like, I don't know. Like, this isn't good. And he probably is going to fuck it up a little bit. But, you know, this is the only option. And it is what it is. So that's a lot to digest, but then there are actually more pressing matters at present because Butters is currently being eaten from the inside out by mutant killer bedbugs. And Fitz sends B off for some supplies to try to help Butters, but then when she returns, Butters is dead. Bye, Butters. So Fitz has to uh, burn the body, and as it turns out, B is going to help. And how much can a miniature doll offer to dragging a dead body in a mattress (laughs) through a house? I'm really unsure. Um, but at least she can grab some doors, I think. So got to love this top quality daddy daughter time. I mean, I don't think it's crazy to burn out all your uh, belongings if there's bed bugs. I'm just saying. No, I, that's why I didn't want to do this chapter. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yep, just pick it all up. Don't even look at it. Just burn it. Just put it in the fire. Just burn it. It's over. Although he needs to stop strip searching children. Yeah. He's like, all right, take off your clothes. And she's like, excuse? (laughs) All right. So (laughs) the, this is one of those like horror scenes where it's like, you're sleeping. It's nighttime. You live in like the old time. So there's not even like the comforting electrical hum of power to keep you company in the middle of the night. And you wake up and there's this ghostly bleeding person in your face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fuck that. I would sleep in the wall every night. There'd be no sleeping in, in rooms. Then you just wake up to rats. That's fine. (laughs) And spiders. I mean, for the same reasons you just stated, I feel like anybody for like two miles away saw that bonfire and was like, what the fuck? Oh, what yeah. He who just gets up in the middle of the night and just, what you know. What time is it? Yeah. Who's burning shit? <laughs> Smells like a body. I mean, you know exactly what your neighbors are doing and you're, you know, it's like if someone decides to burn their leaves or whatever, you're like, why are you doing that? You, you know. You think that he's gonna be able to burn a whole person in the bed? No, they all—they've all. It's there's people that live here. There's staff. <laughs> Why is Fitz burning a person? <laughs> they obviously, definitely all think that he's some kind of like retired hitman for the king. Fixer. And <laughs> they've sure. just—they've all just he's decided. Like he, paints, he paints walls. Yeah, he's the and Irishman. Yeah, and they've just decided that whatever he does, they're just gonna pretend they didn't see it. It is. Yeah, don't ask any questions. Just whatever. That's that. Uh, Sean continues to suck. Whatever. Hate her. She's just like, she's a distraction. Like, at this point in the narrative, 
all we want is desperate information about the whereabouts of the fool, what all this this the sun you know the secret sun stuff is, and like what Fitz is gonna do about it. And in the meantime, Shun just keeps like walking into the scene and fucking everything up. <laughs> I'm still here. Hey, <laughs> we know you guys. I'm bored. <laughs> Just like home for the holidays when they're all fighting around the table and the little daughter goes, Mommy, I'm bored. I'm tired. Shut your fucking face. I want to go home. Oh, <laughs> or it's like if you're, nice. you know, you're, you're trying to like play an important like uh, RP, you know, it's, it's, it's 2001 and you're trying to do something on the internet and somebody keeps picking up the phone. Or, you know, you could just be Fitz and not actually listen to the message. What is his problem? It's like, it's killing me. People are dying, Fitz. They're like, they've now sacrificed many lives in order to try to get you this random message that you don't understand. Yeah, and it's the same. It's damn near the same message from Homegirl in the Mountain Kingdom about protecting sons. Ten years ago. Was it really? And I mean, I guess... In his defense, it was ten years ago. Yeah, but it, but it was it's a traumatic a from thing the that fool, happened. So wouldn't it be like yeah. imprinted in his brain? It's a traumatic thing that happened ten years ago. But also, r- like we all think that B is the son, right? Well, I mean, it just I yeah. No. I, so this is why it's so infuriating. Is because you've got all of the like gender discussions with the fool. Yeah. Right. You've got Fitz blatantly thinking that. You know, Butterfly Girl is the fool who he considers male. And then he's like, oh, it's a female. Everybody is like, B looks like a boy. But, you know, like, no connections. There's also, (laughs) and I think that this is interesting, B thought that the messenger was going to be a boy. Mm -hmm. Right. And the messenger thought that the unexpected son is going to be a boy. I feel like the prophecies are just like, all with male pronouns and everyone needs to stop regarding <laughs> that. I mean, yeah, whatever <laughs> language that they, yeah. whatever language they that this all was in originally, they had a different structure for for that and it's clearly just been mistranslated or mis misappropriated. But yeah, I I I they're all so dumb. I you live in a magical world. With magic and dragons, and and you're like it's not magic. Yeah. Nope. Magic cannot be involved. It's not possible. Okay. I like that. Butters told them to like keep that cloak. Like it's it's really helpful. And I'm like he's never gonna be able to find that cloak again. <laughs> it's just laying on the floor just... in the room. <laughs> Burn it. He has to look for it. It's never gonna. He's never gonna find it. <laughs> Does it get smaller right. or something? I, I'm still trying to understand the butterfly cloak. Does it? Well, remember we have encountered fabrics uh, already, namely the fool's, the fool's tent. tent. Yeah, that which he says this reminds me of. Yeah, that. Um, that oh, it's like lavish on the inside. Being... It's like a pocket dimension. No, they just pack really small, despite being very strong. Strong. You know how you can like take a gigantic sheet of like saran it's wrap a space and like blanket. make it into a tiny ball yeah it's yeah. a space blanket yes it's a space blanket that's exactly it's right it's a space blanket that's with it. a butterfly painted it on it yeah just if you were working on your cosplay space blanket butterfly painted on it go mm-hmm. 
What's the bed bugs? It, like, what are those freaking things? I don't. Uh, well, I don't know, but they sound encounter. awful, and the hunters have them, so they can clearly like shoot them somehow. Is it physical, yeah, or is it like a skill-based magic they thing? They dart you somehow, and then you get eaten from the inside out. I think it's physical, I think it's and I think it's terrible. because those motherfuckers, they're laying eggs and eating from the inside. And Fitz like said it looked like darts. Fly. Yeah. A super gnarly bot fly that you can shoot at someone, yeah. Which is great, super good. In the hands of someone like Robin Hobb can only give us the best, cleanest, most pleasant visuals. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Can't wait. So we've got lots more prophecies. B has just been kind of spitting them mm -hmm. a lot in this section. She should wrap them. I tried to keep track of them like it was like the house of the undying, but it's like they're <laughs> way too vague. There's a lot. They're way too vague and all the time. Well, um, we can go back to her the dreams that she wanted to write down. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I wrote them all out. So there was, uh, let's see. There was the snake boat, which, which uh, sounds, sounds yep. like a dragon boat, a live ship yeah. or something. Uh, one where she has no mouth and could not close her eyes, which sounds horrible. Um, one where she helps a rat inside her heart. Don't know what that means. Or hide inside her heart. And then there's a fog. Sure. Uh, and then the white and black rabbit running from terrible creatures and the black rabbit screams as the white one dies. Great. Hmm. And then there's the uh, depressing one from her dream journal at the beginning of my right. chapter. So it, what's funny is, like, even though I've read all these books, I know what some of them are, but not others. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what some of them are either. Uh, okay. Let's go on to our... Oh, oh, that was very... That's a very aggressive scrolling button on this. Okay. Uh, every episode prompts. So the first is We Are Pack character introductions and exits while well, we can't forget that night eyes is back officially yay wolf father is here to parent and make sure that this cub stays alive doesn't die <laughs> yeah we got uh, shun enough said uh, we have been introduced to shun shun fall star that seems undeserved but <laughs> and then we got butters. 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 And then we lost butters. Yes. Goodbye. Uh the kitty cat. I guess yeah. that could be an animal oh, yes. assist. Stripey cat. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, I was gonna mention the cat and animal assist. We could just go right there. So again, Night Eyes is here and now we have a cat. Cats will talk to anyone though, so no. this is yet this is not proof that B is witted. It's just a cat. No big deal. Uh, fashions from Jamelia. We there was Shun's whole outfit. Yes. Fitz put on some real pants just for lack of anything else. <laughs> so was Shun's <laughs> fur cloak that was just like oversized to like drape along the side of the horse as you're yeah. sitting on it? Yeah. 
Yeah, that just wanted to make sure about that. Yep. <laughs> and uh, did we get? I right, well, guess I no. I guess we that's another scene. Never mind. Uh, roll the maps. Where are we? And how did we get here? So this is still in that goddamn house. We are, but we learned that at the top of the village is there are, um, the stones. These are the stones that that. Uh, Fitz used to go save shade, but they're a nice, pleasant stroll to like the center of town. So they are actually really easy to get to. Um, and yeah, we're in Withy Woods, particularly in B's room, where there is uh, a dead girl. Cheerful. <laughs> <laughs> how how far away is the town from Withy Woods? Uh, I don't think it's that that far because. Uh, of some other things that happen in the timeline of events. <laughs> he couple, assumed like, he assumed hours. he would go there and come back. Yes, when night. he first found out Shade was coming, he said that it was a couple hours ride to yeah to the town. It's like a couple hours, so it's probably like ten miles, right? Um, but that between the between the town and the site where they have the witness stones is actually a pleasant afternoon stroll. So to me a pleasant afternoon stroll takes about four and a half minutes. Um theirs is probably four and a half I don't hours. Know. I really don't. I don't know how far that is. Um uh Fitz Misery has a moment. The whole time. Uh, remember, we are reading on a scale of one to five, <laughs> with one being the least shitty and five being the most. Four? I feel like he was reaching a four when he was abandoning her again. Also, like... help me burn the body of this person. <laughs> Strip down. No, no. Help me burn the body. It's just a lot. I mean, I appreciate his thoroughness with the bugs, but, you know, still a little weird. The amount of trauma that B is just having just planted into her body right now. Poor B. This is like all stuff that's gonna come up later. She's gonna just like wake up like suddenly at like twenty seven years old or something and be like, Oh my god, my dad and I burned someone. I burned a yeah. body together in the middle of the night when I was nine years old. Right, that happened, that was real. <laughs> therapy. I hope Buckkeep has a good therapy. <laughs> I don't think they have any. I know, but they should. We'll see how Wolf Father. Yeah, I was going to say Wolf Father is going to have to do <laughs> yeah, some of that. Closest they have. Pick up, pick up the slack. I hope he charges by the hour. I, I hope he never. Hmm. It's never. It's always like that. Therapy is always on. Like that's just like a constant. <laughs> I think. I think honestly, the closest character we have to a therapist is um. What's his name? Webb? Is that his name? Oh, Webb. Webb is pretty good. Mm. Yeah. He tries. Fitz just doesn't listen. Risk. We have, and then finally we have buzzwords. How's B doing? Prophecies and all that. Oh, so we prophecies are so much brought on. The prophecies I hear. She's a little creepy when she delivers the message. <laughs> I like that she's just like, everybody has dream trances, right? right. That wasn't weird at all. <laughs> Why is everybody looking at me so weird? And Fitz is just like, my daughter is creative and special. <laughs> mm -hmm. I will she just doesn't her. feel good. That's how kids act when they don't feel good. 
I've never even seen a child. I don't know what they're supposed to be like. Hap <laughs> <laughs> did this stuff Only all animals. the time. No, he didn't. That's... Oh my god, yeah. Hap. Um, let me just double check. I didn't get a chance to do CW, so talk while I look at this. Talk, talk, talk. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of pressure. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Blah, blah. So much pressure. Well, just, I don't know. Talk about something that we haven't hit yet. Blah. That we've about. Well, we are so interesting. Mm. Words, words, words. Ashley, do you have any predictions? Well, I think that um, B is the sun. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that the fool sent a message about protecting the sun to Mountain Kingdom Lady because I'm like, who would have helped birth that sun with the Mountain Lady King with the Mountain Kingdom Lady that he thought that the I don't know that whole thing was a little strange to me. I'm like, I don't know if he like is he just thinking like, I don't know who the unexpected sun is and he at that time ten years ago he wasn't thinking like. Oh, it's my kid. He's just like yeah. Because I'm like, did they have a little, uh, a little something, something, you know? Well, I mean, he also didn't obviously like sleep with Molly, so I well, guess well, TBD know, on that because we've been skill sexing <laughs> and weird wolf sex when Fitz was with Molly and like all sorts of weird shit. So who the fuck knows? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Especially because it's like the full blood versus half blood situation. Like, it could also be that he spent a lot of time with Joffron, and he would know that someone might look at Joffron for his son. True. True. He could just be trying to protect her. Or maybe he's just seeing seeing the future and seeing that people come after him because or come after Joffron. I don't. I don't. It could be. Any number of things. Not that Fitz thought about any of this at all. No, Fitz is just like, oh my god, the fool cheated on me. Uh, all good points, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, are we good? Yeah, are we? Good. Are you, are we're we good. Hit, we hit like we're an good. hour and a half. I think that's good. I'm also petitioning that we skip spoiler section just because I'm very tired and I would like to go to bed. Yeah, no, that's I fine. I think that's perfectly think, acceptable. Yeah, I had a very long, I've had a very long couple days. Is uh, Alyssa so... even with us? I think she fell asleep. Yeah, I don't, barely. Then a drill kicked in. <laughs> um, okay, great. So, reminder, our next reading section will be Fool's Assassin, chapters 17, 18, 17 through 20. Um, I just put a content warning on chapter 17 for, you know, burning bodies. Nothing major. Just um, a shrimp on the bobby. Hmm. Sign outs. Oh wait, that I don't have to read that part. This has been Buckkeep Radio. You can email us at buckkeepradio at gmail and let us know if we can read your email on air. Uh, don't send me any more spiders unless they're really, really cute. Okay, send thanks, me I'm spiders Rachel. or very zoomed out photos, so then the rest of us can zoom in at our leisure. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah, no problem with the spider. I was just I'm scared of them. Uh, I'm Rachel. You can find me on the internet at Darth Rachel. I'm Alyssa, and I'm on the World Wide Web <laughs> at alyssameaner.com. 
I'm Jenny. You can find me at Faces Flare on Instagram. I'm sure Rachel will post that horrifying beard picture somewhere on Bucky yes. Radio. <laughs> I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay. I'm Ashley, and I'm on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. And I'm Joey, and you can send all your spider pictures to me at Robot <laughs> on Instagram. All right, we'll pet Good them. Good night, everybody. Good night, Good night. Good night my Good sleepy night. little angels.